0: Welcome to the Pro Vocal Artist Podcast with me, Gemma Sugru. This podcast is all about helping singers turn their passion for singing into a way of life. Hello there. How's it going? Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks for tuning in. Um, A few people requested that I restart this podcast again. Well... Mm, like a handful of people well, really one person said it to me on TikTok on a live and they were like oh I'd love if you had a podcast I was like would you I'd love it too I should have one I do have one. Oh yeah I'll go do that <laughs> so here I am um yeah in today's episode I'd like to focus what's on the top of my mind at the moment I'd like to focus on the topic of content creation and how to manage your online presence. And I'm speaking directly to singers and I suppose people who write music and people who uh, consider themselves as creatives. I will just give it an umbrella categorization of creatives. Um, but yeah, you've probably recognized it's part of your destiny if you're an entertainment in the entertainment industry uh, or creative industry. And so I feel like once you choose your path, to do that, to be a performer, to be a singer-songwriter, you've also chosen the path of an online creator, content creator. <clears throat> and you might be thinking, oh, well, I this has come up a couple of times before when I would be, you know, talking about building your personal brand online. And sometimes I hear, I get comments or messages being like, yeah, but like artists that I follow seem to not have done any of that, like grind at the beginning Um and I just wanted to maybe highlight to you that it's possible that a label came along and signed them and got them to clean up their online footprint, um, and remove posts um that were pre the signing um like that they would have considered off-brand, and it's definitely a good move from a promotional perspective to make the artist like burst onto the scene, um, out of nowhere. I think that that's kind of fun and exciting, but I I honestly I feel like you just can't there's no there's no way around it okay you just gotta do it and it's really fun it's really really fun but I think that there's some stuff that you need to there's a way of thinking about it I want to give you today and a way forward and a way to protect yourself because I've also had the conversation with many people but have you not seen the social dilemma? Um, what about like the addictive nature of these apps and da da da? I'm going to get into all of that today. Um, yeah, so in today's episode, just to break it down, it's context of why being a content creator is your fate. Um, and then also how best to approach it be consistent. No, (laughs) that's what every uh, marketing person says. Just show up every day. That is important. We will end up, I'll probably end up summarizing it with that. Spoiler alert. Okay. Context. Uh, The world, as we know it, has gone through such a radical, essentially growth spurt, Um, And I really like the viewpoint of a guy named Peter Thiel. He's an entrepreneur and venture capitalist. Um, And he says that we've only entered into the 21st century in 2019, which brought about the major shifts in global civilization. And... We've all had to like really pivot in response to that pandemic and so that sped up the tech innovation and um, but more importantly it has really sped up the adoption like the mass adoption like everybody actually using different kinds of tech innovation. For example big one is Zoom like everybody my mom is like a Zoom queen now. Another example would be I mean the world has just totally woken up to the fact you don't Need to put up with the high living costs of a major city and you can work and employ remotely instead, said the girl who moved to London at the beginning of 2020 from a small town in Ireland. Oops. Um, so anyway, oh, another one is the third level education or system, the institutions, they have had to just make things work on Zoom. And I think that's really opened people's eyes up to the fact that this is really expensive and Actually, there's great possibilities and validity in online, you know, education. Oh, I'm telling you, if I was 17 again, actually, I put off going to college when I was 17 and 18. I didn't start until I was 19. Um, but if I was 19 again, I wouldn't go to college. I know hindsight is great. I think when I look back on it, um, it was just something you did uh, and it kind of felt like an insurance policy like in case things don't work out I have this piece of paper which is like makes me legit right um but I did education in a performing arts college um and I think it made other people feel comfortable in my, in my life including me and I feel if I back then I don't think I was emotionally able to do this but like just to, to have accepted my desire to just be a freelance business person and performer right away and get on with it I feel like I would have been classified as having notions above my station and I just don't think I would have had the confidence to do that on my own I probably needed to be institutionalized for those uh masters and I dropped out one year so that was like six or seven seven or eight years of my life Wow. Um, anyway uh, what I'm trying to explain is what's inevitable with all these big changes particularly having sped it up there's this blending of our real lives like brick and mortar lives with our online lives and It, we're actually starting to begin to tap out of the final level. Like it's kind of getting to capacity. We're reaching the max of what is called Web 2. And that's essentially a name given to the version of the internet we're all experiencing right now, where we have access to every piece of information. And, um, you know, the norm is, and what is encouraged, is for creatives to make amazing content and share it freely while advertisers make money on the data created from people consuming the free content so and then we'll after that eventually hopefully soon we'll enter into web 3 and this will be the age of the blockchain i hope you're sticking with me i know this is a little bit kind of uh tough going but yeah web 3 is the age of the blockchain and what a blockchain is blockchain technology is basically like a beast of a spreadsheet that records every transaction transparently and reliably um, and without bias. And so for example, the cryptocurrency Ethereum is a public blockchain network. Um, and in this Web3 model, creators like you, singers songwriters, people who make write their own music or perform or give like entertainment value, can easily monetize their creativity as um, an online experience in the form of events you've seen these like virtual events and um, digital art and um, anything you can think of and because through this like blockchain technology we can charge for things and we can quantify things and we can organize things in a very um, reliable and like I said transparent way. Now the world isn't ready for that shift yet but it looks pretty inevitable due to like the adoption rising adoption trend of cryptocurrency, for example. Um cryptocurrency, if you don't know what that is, it's essentially like we don't need banks and we don't need governments. Um and it's just decentralized finance that's managed by these like on these blockchains, the transactions. Um it's just totally digital money. Uh I can't remember where I read this but yeah like a billion dollars was like moved from one person's account on one side of the world to the to another without any like maybe with a small gas fee which is just like the little transaction fee you pay but like teeny tiny and like the no paper record just it just boom in and out of one account to another it's amazing so and then also we've got to consider the fact like have you seen the adverts for metaverse with Mark Zuckerberg um like this virtual online thing is really upon us and you'll be able to you know deliver concerts online you might be um an alien version of yourself (laughs) you're essentially like a little avatar in a computer game and you will be putting on a concert and deciding what it looks like and make it look really cool and make a really cool virtual experience for people like it's very exciting so I think that I mean for some people that might be like oh my god gross um but I I think I suppose like imagine yourself before the internet imagine you were the age you are now but it's like 1999 and somebody's trying to explain to you what kind of impact the internet's going to have on your life and you're like oh my god that's crazy I no, I'm not into that um now it's your life it's your way of life so yeah, Web 3 is inevitable as well because I think that this Web 2 life is getting kind of toxic and it's not sustainable, especially for us creatives. Um, I, I don't know, I mentioned it earlier, but have you watched Social Dilemma? It's quite a good documentary. Um, now, the only thing with the Netflix documentaries is that they're really like, um, they really pull on your emotions and it can be a bit theatrical in terms of the way it's like scored music wise and the way it's shot. And yeah, it can kind of, but there's, you know, really important information in that documentary that every single person should be aware of. Um, yeah, it's just about, if you haven't seen it, it's about the manipulation of, well, this is how I understand it. it. It's the manipulation of our human weaknesses for the financial gain of advertisers. Um, so kind of whoopsie daisy, they built AI, artificial intelligence, to exploit. We, we we built AI to exploit exploit ourselves and prey upon our own human vulnerabilities by leveraging our human psychology that is there to ensure our survival. So, for example, we have a human instinct um to seek more, and um, this is called dopamine. It's um the molecule that um, basically, keeps a hunter gatherer go- getting up every morning and going right. Okay, I'm gonna get a boar today. Today is the day. Here we go. I know I didn't get one yesterday. I didn't get one the day before, but today is my lucky day. It's basically what kicks off in the brain of a gambler. Um, and if he didn't have that dopamine circuit, if he didn't have that release in the morning of that, like, let's go. I think I. I think this is my my lucky day. He's not going to get up, get out and and go after it. And then he then he'll probably, you know, die of starvation. So that's a survival uh, psychological mechanism. Uh, Many of the tech companies, uh, founders and project managers, including the founder of Instagram, they took a class on this, um, on persuasive techniques um, with BJ Fogg and Stanford. Now I actually, I studied with him. I did like qualified as a coach in his method called Tiny Habits. Um, but yeah, he's updated that method and model in an effort to promote its uses for good and evil. Um, I mean not good and evil, <laughs> for good, not evil. Um, for, for I didn't slip there, maybe, and <laughs> and he called it behavior design. So yeah, with tech companies, they need your attention to market products to you. This is how the whole system works, and they keep you on their application for as long as possible as often as possible using their knowledge of this dopamine circuit um which we call the reward prediction error um and so that keeps that hunter-gatherer like we were explaining getting out there searching for the food I'm gonna today's gonna be my lucky day it keeps the gambler like going oh I'm just gonna roll the dice one more time I think the next shot is gonna be the shot that's for me and I'm gonna like take all the money it's just in our nature to go after things and seek more um so yeah that reward prediction error keeps us scrolling it keeps us checking the app we're like oh there might be a new update it keeps us opening our inbox because we feel like we feel pleasure because it's a dopamine release when we're pursuing finding out whether or not there's something new in your inbox on your app you know a new notification when you tap that love heart like I, my notifications don't show up on on Instagram I have to click the heart and the heart might not be red, but I'll click the heart and then I'll see everything and there is that best the best part of that is clicking the heart before I see what's there Um, I think another good way of um describing it is that feeling you know when you have a square of chocolate your brain is already thinking about the next square of chocolate rather than enjoying the square of chocolate that's in your mouth, it's actually on the next one. I think that that's also um everything I'm spouting out here now is from a book called The Molecule of More by a man named Daniel Lieberman and it's brilliant. really interesting. So yeah, so smartphones, online life, this <laughs> when I was thinking about this episode today, um it got me to think about this really interesting interview I listened to with Elon Musk. And he said that we're we are cyborgs. So a cyborg is being is a being with both organic and electronic body parts. And I think this is really spot on like that. He's basically saying that your phone is an extension of you. So you've turned into a cyborg incrementally. By the but the uh, the addictive nature of these apps has seriously sped up that transformation into a cyborg. So you're a creative cyborg. How does that sit with you? Is that a fair assumption? (laughs) How dare you? Um. So yeah. How do we deal with that? So this is what I made my premise for, like giving you a step by step process. I was like, okay, I arrived at. Okay, so we're all these. Um, half human, half uh, technology, and we're we need to use this technology for our the betterment of our artistic pursuits, but it's also highly addictive and preys upon our our human weaknesses. So, like, how do we not kind of eat ourselves alive here? How do we actually leverage the internet and web two and this content creating? world that we're existing in at the moment so let me give you some steps but first let me turn off the heating it's really hot two seconds okay i'm back so we're talking about how do you deal with being a creative cyborg step one (laughs) it's funny actually when i say this out loud because i have it written down and that's fine but when you say it out loud you're like oh Hey, sure, this is how you should be coming back to your podcast, telling everyone that they're creative cyborgs. (laughs) I think you're going to lose your audience, Gemma. Anyway, so step one, accept that... (sighs) I have these steps written in front of me now, so it's kind of funny. Accept that you are a creative cyborg who is half human and either half iOS or half Android. So I do think that that's important, that you need to just accept that your smartphone is part of you and it's part of your I mean hopefully it's not taking over your life hopefully you can find control over the damn thing but except that it's part of you and it's part of your future and part of how you're going to um, you know pursue your career as an artist as an entertainer and we're not talking about like just getting famous and getting more followers and um, a lot you know when i think about an artist and creating creating is about sharing and creating value in other people's lives or um you know showcasing what you do and and adding to the world so therefore we do need this tool and it should be a tool um, to help us do that and that tool is an extension of us your phone is an extension of you now I think you need to accept that and be aware of that because that's quite dangerous as well nobody told you you were a cyborg they, they said you were a human being not a cyborg Um, and I think you'll see the world differently when you think that way uh, I don't know like I'm very, very heavily reliant on Google Maps on my email on my social media my whole business is run online like it's part of me okay so step two so the industry that we're in the creative and entertainment industry you work in is based on that model that we discussed about selling data of consumers to advertisers so that they can place ads more effectively and make money so the free content that you make is uh, then used to place an advert before it or in the middle of it or after it um, and that will make money for the person who is the advertiser the business the company so what you don't want to be is one of the hypnotized consumers this is preying on your human weakness it is making you addicted it is helping you to fall down the rabbit holes that they've made for you using the recommended video pathway. So you know, the way you're on YouTube and there's like, watch this video next and then watch this video. And then it leads to this video. And you're like, I don't even know what I started watching in the first place. In fact, I don't even know why I opened up this website. Um, And you're in this process, giving away your most precious resource, your time and your energy. So instead, step two is you're you will spend your time instead creating you're going to create content okay that's free or basically free but you're going to spend your time making that content and you're also going to be primed and ready and aware of the period of time that's coming about soon in technology which we're calling web three when the monetization of art is really easy and normal and that's going to be the new norm and the new um, system ecosystem of course I can like say for sure that's absolutely going to happen, but I think uh, uh, my bets are on that happening eventually in the next couple of years. Okay. So step three, you've got to take the necessary precautions. Imagine if you were working in a factory that you were, and you were having to handle toxic chemicals. So they would provide for you protective clothing. So instead I want you to think about the fact that you're working, with an AI system, an artificial intelligence system on these social media platforms that is mentally toxic. It's very ruthlessly, without any empathy for you, targeting your human vulnerabilities, your psychological vulnerabilities for the financial benefit of advertisers and sometimes political parties. and to them to the and it's not that they're evil i mean i've used facebook ads and it frightened me to be honest the power that was at my fingertips when i'm using that tool it's crazy and you do just start to see things as statistics and as metrics and you're not seeing people as people it's really sad um and it's 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 so powerful i can't believe it's unregulated so how do you get in and out of these apps because we're going to have to post content on the apps, right? How do you get in and out with minimal harm done? So 80% to 90% of your use in these apps. I think, my opinion, my kind of strategy for you should be, number one, strategically research content. So you just want content of other creators uh, for inspiration or collaborative opportunities, okay? So you're just going in and you're like, you, ca- you have like your filters on your radar on you're looking for something particular to inspire you to latch on to like oh i want to do a duet with that or i want to make something that's a bit like that i really like the humor in this i'm kind of going to model that a little bit okay so that's just strategically research content scouring okay so the second thing you're going to obviously you have to post your content and um, you've got to put the thing up that you made you've got to make some thumbnails captions hooks um, and obviously make it valuable Um. Then the third thing is you want to engage with your followers. This is where they can get a little bit tricky. Because I personally try very much to not blend my personal fulfillment on, you know, mix business with pleasure, basically. Um, And that's why I actually pulled off uh, Facebook. I spent like a whole week deleting all of the friends I've ever gathered on Facebook. And my like my mother got deleted. (laughs) It just I went a bit extreme, but I I didn't kind of like the confusion that it was creating for me that I was getting all this very meaningful, you know, very important, meaningful social relationships that I had being jumbled in with kind of business and promotion and content creation and my work it just felt wrong it's just like for me it was like having my family and friends and friends from way back at the office every day and so I just had to kind of figure that out anyway so yeah you want to get on engage with your followers your followers are your kind of your online extended family and they're people who get you and they appreciate you and they find value in what you're doing they're really special um, even if you've never met them, even if they're strangers, um, you you actually form a certain kind of bond with them that's really important and special because you're clicking with them on something that you're so passionate about, and it's so you. I have such a positive association with anyone who likes what I do because I'm like, oh, good taste. <laughs> no, but I'm just like, oh, you get it, okay? Because I'm at this stage of my life, I'm I'm being really. Uh, authentic and I I wasn't always able to do that I think I was a bit you know not able to be myself maybe until I passed that 30 mark I started kind of going oh yeah yeah this is who I am and this is what I believe and this is what I think and I'm happy to share that so anyway when people really connect with me I'm like oh you've connected with a very authentic version of me and you're connecting on on something that with me on something that I'm so passionate about so um that's very special so you want to take care of them engage with them and learn from them because they are going to teach you how to be a better creator with every interaction you have, every direct message, every comment reply, um, you're going to learn and it's going to enrich your life. Um, but for me, I had to I had to separate like my real family and friends and interaction from that and just allow it to be this other thing that was like this kind of business um like public community family that I was getting to have instead and then I obviously you know ring people and talk to people on whatsapp is where I talk to my people who are like in my personal circle so I feel like I'm oversharing it's fine okay so <laughs> um okay number four is review the data so you're going to analyze your metrics so you can do more of what works and less of what doesn't work that's really important to look at what's working what's not working I find this challenging though I find it hard to disconnect emotionally um but I work on it all the time and for example yesterday I posted a video of myself singing a song why Christmas along with Jacob Collier who's an amazing musician and I just didn't think it was appropriate to put up as I wanted to post something on Christmas day um but unfortunately I'm in my apartment on my own (laughs) So, I and I have no Christmas decorations. You know, I didn't make it over on the flight because I was, uh, I was positive COVID. Um, so I was like, I can't post a picture. Everyone would be like traumatized if they see me in the apartment still on Christmas Day. Like, Gemma lives in like Groundhog Day or something. But I, the thing is, I was absolutely fine. I had like a few Zoom calls. I was happy out, had a nice dinner. I really didn't mind. And I actually did a load of, um, started selling loads of furniture online and buying new furniture so it was a fine day for me but I didn't want to make anybody depressed with my like non-Christmas in a photograph post so I was like okay I'll sing a song that would be nice and I'll sing a Christmas song if I can bring Christmas you know I'll do it that way and I have a green blind so I'll stand in front of the green blind um anyway so on TikTok it didn't perform very well at all you know it didn't get like the way things would take off on my TikTok channel that one just bombed it's the like the biggest bomb of all the posts I've done and I was like worried that I would be like oh my god I'm so crushed because it's me singing it's because they don't care about me singing I'm like oh my god I don't actually care at all I didn't put any meaning to it I didn't give it any meaning and that was the biggest win for me I was like finally I'm not giving this stuff like the meaning that it doesn't deserve um I'm happy with it it was not to you know show the world or prove to the world anything I literally just felt like singing along with that thing and I put it up and it was my little hello happy Christmas goodbye and that's all it was to me and I didn't need for it to like go viral or take off or prove anything to me and I'm not taking on any kind of I'm not reading into it as this negative thing so it's important to be able to analyze the data, but like watch out for the emotions. Watch watch out for those pesky emotions um, and your feeling and your need to be accepted and approved of and, um, and also your uh, proclivity to have negative bias about things. So then that leaves, we're talking about that's like 80 to 90% of your time. Step one, strategically research content. Step two, Um, Post content, um, step three, engage with your followers, step four, review the data. So that leaves 10 to 20% of your time online for entertainment and social connection. You're welcome, I gave you that. You know, you could have got nothing. So spend wisely, pro tip, never click on recommended for you. Just if you can do that, um, my second pro tip is never let your phone into the bedroom It doesn't belong with you. It shouldn't in the bed. It's not for bedtime. It's not for morning time. If you can do that, that's a really important piece of digital hygiene that you need to adhere to, I think. Um, And yeah, the option, yes, the recommended video, the algorithm actually picked that for you and it's disguising it as your choice. And it's not. It's like when a magician uh, says, pick a card, any card. And you go to pick a card and you think you've picked the card Mm-mm. that magician knew exactly the card you were going to pick that's how recommended videos work so yeah socials only one of your four daily practices that i recommend you have as an artist as a entertainer as a performer as a freelance creative the other three are mindset which is like your inner game and your belief system, your instrument. So I'm probably talking to a singer right now. So your vocal technique and your vocal health. Um, So your body basically is your instrument. Uh, Your creative, which is your material, your songs, your repertoire. And then your socials. So that's the the, the last of the four. Um, And that's content creation and sharing. So goals are achieved by volume over time. It's about doing the little thing every day. And pros execute with small action consistently over time. So you need to be strategic about developing yourself in these four areas. Um, If this is the life that you choose, if this artist career is what you choose, then this is how you got to do it. Um, But the really good thing is being super pro at all of that stuff, like improving your mindset, improving your instrument means that you improve your body and your overall general health, having to be creative every day, literally like sitting down and writing something every day, whether it's a piece of content, whether it's a new song. That's a, an amazing, amazing practice to have, and then the fourth thing: finding a way to showcase. And maybe some people might think, "Oh, well, ugh, isn't that weird that like, why do I have to show it off on social media?" Well, I just think that, like I said earlier, art is about sharing and value and bringing other people into your world and into what you do and giving and contributing and making and and let it kind of like letting the bird fly the nest when you make something, you could keep it for yourself, or you could just let it out into the world. Once you don't attach too much um, you know, unhelpful meaning to it, like it needs to prove to the world that I am this, that, or the other, or it needs to make me famous. It's just like, that's a thing I made. There you go. And you don't have to let everything that you make out into the world. Um, but it's nice to do that. It's nice to there's some stuff that just feels really right to share. Um, and I want to dig in with you also in a future episode about those feelings that we have just before we post a video and we're like, oh no, it's not good enough. I'm going to watch it once more and go, is it good enough? Oh no, 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 that's a bit bad. I think that's going to be crap. I think everybody's going to think this, that and the other. And our like, you know, our instinct to protect ourselves before that post goes out into the world, we start just picking out all of the things we think may be criticized um and oh god it's torture and i know some people have a, a really torturous time with that so i would like to help you with that in a future episode but i think i will leave it at that for today my creative cyborgs <laughs> um if you enjoyed this please um let me know Uh, so that I can um, feel approved of no (laughs) so that uh, yeah just if you enjoyed it I think it's really cool if you could uh, take a picture and put on the Instagram story that's where I'm really active and I'd love to say hello and know how you're doing and how you found it and um, what's up and you can send me a direct message and I will reshare the little thing that you put on your Instagram story of the podcast episode that would be fab goodbye for now I hope you enjoyed bye